But I can't give my brilliant introduction. I did it once, and that's as far as I can do. But Stephen Caldwell, we will allow him to bring his brilliance to this segment, our TSN soccer, our TSN World Cup analyst. Stephen, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Matt. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. And here's what I'll say about the World Cup. Um, I'm someone who uh, is definitely a neophyte when it comes to soccer. I always have been, and it's nothing against any sport. I believe if you like everything, you love nothing. There's only 24 hours in a day. You know, you can't get into everything. But the best thing I can say about this World Cup is that I always now at least have it on TV. It's always on the background when it's on, and it's certainly drawing my attention more than it has in the past. Uh, People have talked about how great this tournament has been so far. I'm curious for you, what has been your, uh, your couple favorite moments so far? Oh, a tough one to answer, favourite moments. There's been so many, and I think that the best way to answer for me is it's probably been the best World Cup that, that I can remember that I've actually watched. I was sort of about nine years old for 1990 in Italy, and I can slightly remember some of that. And I, really, the, the, the first sort of World Cup for me was 94 in the United States, and, uh, you know, I was trying to stay up every single night in the UK at 12. 12 o'clock in the evening and, and, you know, falling asleep to the second half of certain games. So that was a, a great experience. And I just think this has surpassed that, surpassed anything that I've seen in my lifetime with the quality of football, the dramatic stories. You know, it began even before the tournament with Lopetegui, you know, sensationally leaving his job or being being relieved of his job, I should say, with the Spain national team yep. um, at the start of the tournament. Just unheralded, never knowing something like that to happen before and then a magnificent match between Spain and Portugal was a real uh, you know, set up for the first sort of big match was high scoring and high quality. And, and Ronaldo, Ronaldo with the hat-trick in that. Exactly yeah, Ronaldo's hat-trick will long be remembered so I think that every tournament starts to have a trend and I think the early games are a big part of that and obviously the early games of this tournament, the group stage was fantastic then four years ago in Brazil we saw a drop off in sort of goals and, and maybe free flowing football in the knockout stages but for this one in Russia when we got to the knockout the first game yet again was a great match between France and Argentina I think it ended in uh, 4-2 to, to France and that was a, a fantastic football match and then again it just got took through the whole group stage with drama all round, some penalty shootouts some fantastic matches and, and now we're down to the final four and it's been it's been the best World Cup in my memory and possibly of all time. Let me ask you this, Stephen, and we're again joined by Stephen Caldwell, soccer analyst for TSN. Um, before the tournament started, you had no Spa- or no Italy, you had no United States. And you know, a lot of people were talking about how that could maybe affect just the, the level of excitement. So to go from that and from Lionel Messi not having you know the tournament he would want, so you throw all those factors in, and yet here we are today talking about how great this tournament is. Are you at all shocked that on July 9th, that's your statement about this tournament? Uh, I'm not, actually. I mean, I didn't think it would be this good, but it's really a victory for, for team football. That's what I'm so pleased about. It's, it's not really been... I mean, we just spoke about Ronaldo's hat-trick, and, of course, Messi had a wonderful moment against Nigeria, and, and all the superstars have, have had a, a moment or two. But it's really been a, a tournament for team football. Uh, we saw Sweden with terrific performance and real togetherness. We had some surprise performances. I think Senegal were fantastic African side, really unlucky going out on you know cautions. It's got to that stage again, another dramatic factor of this World Cup, unprecedented. You know that a team leaves the tournament 
on caution accumulation. We've never seen that before. And were terrific. They almost toppled the mighty Belgium, who could indeed go on and win the tournament. They're just losing that late goal, uh, almost taking the game to extra time after being 2-0 up. So for me, that's what I'll remember, that the fact that in, in football or in international football, we saw the re-emergence of, of good quality uh, sides who are organised and difficult to beat. And, and again, the positivity was there where it wasn't just defending and, you know, 11 men behind the ball trying to get a draw and take it to penalties. Mm-hmm. It was defending with a purpose to then move forward and, and try and, you know, counter-attack and score goals. So that's what I'll take from, from this one. Let's go through the uh, two semi-final matches, both that you can hear right here on TSN 1050. First up, France-Belgium. 1.30 pregame on Tuesday. 2 p.m. start. On one side, France. They blanked Uruguay 2-0. Did a great job against Suarez. On the other side, Belgium got two goals to defeat Brazil 2-1, and Brazil had only conceded one goal in the first four games. Of course, Belgium will be out with Thomas Minier, one of their top defenders. Um, In your mind, how do you see this playing out? Uh, Great game. I think it's probably the pick of the two semifinals on on sheer quality. Uh, Let's take France first and foremost. Really controlled performance, a lot of quality. Every side of their game was working extremely well against Uruguay, and they just you know, kept Uruguay to absolutely zero opportunities and, and dominated the possession of the ball and showed that they're a very, very good side. They have the, the pace and, and, and flair of Mbappe in the wide areas, the youthful exuberance of him. And then Griezmann was finding a bit more space. Pogba looks fantastic alongside Kante. And I thought Varane and you know, us at the back as well. So to me, France are, are just favourites. Belgium came off a, a tactical masterclass from my old coach Roberto Martinez against Brazil where did some really unique things, played De Bruyne much higher than we've seen him as a sort of inverted false number nine as we call it in football and, and put Lukaku and Hazard who were predominantly the central strikers in previous games in wide areas that really you know, gave Brazil all sorts of problems in the counter-attack. As soon as they won the ball it was either into De Bruyne in that difficult little area where it was hard to pick him up or wide to the quality of Hazard and Lukaku to run at the, the Brazilian defence and the damage was done in the first half they scored the goals then they showed us that they have grit and determination to, to defend well with uh, Vertonghen and company and Alderweireld at the back there so a fantastic side as well I'm expecting a tremendous match up I don't think either side knows how to play cautious defensive football so that's exciting for the neutral or for the football fan who wants to just see you know a, a free-flowing game and, and two sides going at each other to try to you know win a place in the final in, in Moscow on July 15th. So Stephen if Belgium versus France represents the more collective level of quality or talent is England versus Croatia which is Wednesday again 2 p.m. start right here on TSN 1050 does that one represent the better story just because of England getting this far for the first time since 1990? We know they haven't won, obviously, since 1966. Is England versus Croatia the better story of the two matches? Well, I think it's a remarkable story. And first and foremost, from England's point of view, I think coming into this tournament with zero expectations, you know, the youngest side of the put to major tournament in so many years, and and really a, a sort of inexperienced national team coach and a man who was only given the job because of the scandal for Sam Allardyce and was sort of thought of as an uninspiring option for the English national team. And I mean, what a job he's done. I can't speak highly enough the way that he's dealt with the media, the way that he's 
set up this young team, the way that he's made big decisions leading into the tournament to, you know, discard a Wayne Rooney or, or even a Joe Hart not to pick him in the squad and, and really go for that youth to try and build and, and bring together that club mentality that, that, that we get with an Iceland and a Sweden and we're starting to see it more and more at international level where there's there's less of the divisions that we saw with England in previous years between, you know, Manchester United, Manchester City and, and Liverpool and Manchester United and these different things where these guys didn't maybe they had more talent than this group of players but they didn't gel as well as, as this group has and I think Gareth Southgate has to get all the credit for that. And then on the field we've started to see a team who are believing more and more every game. They're playing, you know, a, a very positive, distinct style. Again, they're not worried about what happens going back the way. They're taking the ball forward. They're trying to, you know, possess the ball and be controlled in possession. John Stones has been tremendous at the back. So much composure. The Man City defender to just start all the attacks. Harry Maguire on the left-hand side has, has been a revelation. Again, question marks whether he was ready for this level of international football, but he's came through it with flying colours and his career is going to go from strength to strength. And you have the captain and the, probably the best striker in the entire tournament and Harry Kane up front. I think his six goals speak for themselves, but it's more than that. It's his leadership qualities. It's the way that he brings other people into the game. It's his never-see-die attitude that make England a tremendous story and they'll be hard to beat. And they're playing against a Croatia side who... Of all that experience, the golden generation of players bringing in a little bit of youth, but any midfield with Rakitic and Modric and potentially Brozovic and Kovacic and all the names that we can go through. By the way, good, good for you. Sorry to interrupt, Stephen Call. Good for you because I would not attempt to pronounce half these names because I am a coward. <laughs> you, on the other hand, you go head first into it. Good on you, sir. Oh, I have to. But I've said them so many times. That they're, they're like my family now, these guys. It feels like that long a month, but... No, they're a tremendous side and it's going to be a very exciting match and I just make the, the winners of France, uh, Belgium favourites for the final but don't rule out Croatia or England, this is evenly matched, I think the fact they're all European really comes into play, they know each other, they're, you know, a number of club mates and different relationships throughout the four teams so great stories coming our way and, and hopefully two great matches where both sides again show positive football, go at each other and try and win the game rather than not lose it. Stephen, I'll, I'll leave you with this question. Again, Stephen Caldwell, TSN Soccer Analyst, joining us here on Toronto Today. Um, the one pushback I've heard about England is they've had maybe the easiest draw in terms of opponents and then, you know, injuries. Uh, you know, when they face Colombia, they didn't have to face a full squad. Has England had the easiest road of the four teams left here in the World Cup? Great question. Um, I think you have to answer that with yes. I would say that, that Brazil were going along in quite an easy group. They obviously lost to Belgium. Belgium had a very similar road to England playing Japan in the last 16. So I think England and Belgium probably easier than, than Croatia and France. But it doesn't matter at this point, Matt, how you got here. It, it matters where you are physically as a team. Is there any injuries mentally as a team? Are you ready? Are you confident? Are you, you know, are you up for the matchup? And I think that we can say that all four teams have improved as the tournaments went on. They're absolutely ready. They've came through different paths, different challenges to get here, but they'll all feel very, very confident that they can, you know, get through the semi-finals and, and obviously win the World Cup. Just because when you get to semi-final, you're just competition ready and 
uh, you know, you feel like your name's on the cup at this point. Stephen, always a pleasure having you on the show. Safe drive wherever you're going right now. And uh, hopefully we get to chat with you soon. And enjoy the semifinals on Tuesday and Wednesday, sir. Thanks, Matt. Talk soon. Take care. That is Stephen Caldwell, TSN Soccer Analyst. France versus Belgium, 2 p.m. start right here on TSN 1050. Wednesday, it is Croatia versus England. England, the second youngest team in the whole tournament. Croatia's going to be a little bit tired. They've played a lot of extra time. Uh, certainly far more soccer compared to England. That's Wednesday at 2 p.m. Both matches with the pregame with Gareth Wheeler starting at 1.30.